Good morning, family. I would like you to turn to the person next to you and tell them, well done. Because they, they won the battle against the duvet this morning. I see not everybody did. There's a number of people that uh, succumbed. And uh, so well done to you for being here this morning. Isn't it beautiful to have the rain fall and uh, just to experience God's goodness over us in that way also? It's just so remarkable. Just a couple of things that I want to mention before I, I get into the Word this morning. Today is a special day for us. It's the beginning of our Faith Promise season, but we'll speak about that a little bit later. Another big event that's coming up is most of you will know or have heard of on the 27th of January. It's the It's Time event hosted by Angus Bucken, who is a good friend of this community and of Hatfield. And uh, this, this time the event's going to happen did I say January? <laughs> October. Sorry for that consternation. 27th of October. I'm already in January. That, yeah. Uh, 27th of October. And uh, if you don't know what these events are about, uh, there was one held earlier this year in Bloemfontein where it's a time of the call is for us as people, as believers, to come and pray together. And at the event in Bloemfontein, they had just uh, over a million people attend the event, and the organizers are trusting the Lord for even more this time. And it's going to happen just outside of Pretoria. Uh, the place is, where is it on my, on my paper here? It's the Rhino Park Airfield in that area that it's going to take place. So um, we would like to encourage you, if, if that's what you feel to do, to please join in in the event and uh, support it and be part of this event. And uh, there's many different ways that you can do that. We believe there's significance to a time of, of prayer like this. And therefore, as a church, also stand with them and support this and with the rest of our community in the city. Um, we, we supported the event by giving a sizable donation from the Faith Promise Fund. So in that sense, you've already also shown your support support to the event, but uh, in essence, if you want to take part of it, if you want to go along, there's a couple of ways that you can do this. The event is for free, but uh, if uh, millions of people are going to go, the, the, the real challenge is around where people park and the logistics around that. So you have a couple of options. You can drive with your own car. You can go there, but you need to acquire a free a parking voucher, and then they will tell you which route you must take, and um, they, will, they will also determine for you the, where you must park. And this information that I'm sharing with you is all available on the website uh, where uh, in the logistics is available there. Alternative, you can make use of park and ride transport facilities uh, by purchasing a bus ticket on electronically through the uh, iTicket website, uh, and which means you will be allocated a place where you can park your car safely and securely, and then from there, catch a, a bus and drive to the event. Um, as I've said, these tickets are available through iTicket. Um, we, one of those facilities is actually us also. If you want to go online and purchase a ticket like that, you'll see that Hatfield is a park and ride facility. They contacted us in, I think, at the end of August already and asked if we would support them in this way, and we agreed to that. And um, so you will be able to come here, park your car here, and uh, have, we'll make sure there's security and that your cars are safe, and then catch a bus from here. And we felt to support them in that way. I know there are other churches that have purchased buses and tickets, and you can do that, but they asked us if we would please support them in that way, and that's why we have done it that way. If you were going with another church and want to ride with another church, 
go ahead, do that. That's a great way for the churches in our city to even mingle and for you to spend time with people from other communities. So that's, that's awesome if you want to go that way. I phoned Uncle Angus this, earlier this week and spoke to him personally and just to tell him of our support and our prayers with him and uh, that we are you know, going to ask people to volunteer and be part of the event. And So I'd like to ask you also that if you want to be part of the event, support it and be a volunteer, you can do that through their website also and uh, get further details there. When I spoke to him, he said, can I ask, in his typical way, but can I ask you for a specific thing that you can ask your people? And so I want to relay that to you. He said, if, it would really be great if people could take their domestic workers or gardeners and, or, or staff that work with them, in, if you've got a small business, and take them along to the event with you. He felt that that would really be a great way to extend the event and, and bring unity, and uh, so he asked if we could do that. So in supporting that, what we've done is we've procured 50 tickets uh, for the park and ride, and uh, we want to give those to people that want to make use of that opportunity. The ticket's not for you. The ticket is for, for you to take somebody with you. So if you buy a ticket... Um, no, we're not going to check if you buy a ticket, but the idea is that you buy a ticket for yourself, and then we'll give you a couple of tickets if you want to take some of those people, your employees or, or workers, and take them along with the event uh, for, with you. And uh, those tickets will be available outside at the It's Time table. You can go and get them for free, and we want to support you in that way in also reaching out. When I spoke to Uncle Angus, he was very clear to say also that, remember, this is not a crusade. This is a prayer meeting. And the idea is to gather together to pray. But he's convinced that God will move on the day and that many people would actually be wanting to come into the kingdom. And he encouraged us as churches also that, and particularly this church, to say, be ready that when people turn to the Lord that we can support them and help them. And he said that, you know, this is an event that comes and goes. The real work's done by the churches. And I think that's right, isn't it? That's the, the, the churches are the ones that through whom the kingdom of God comes in a community. And we want to gather together on a day like this, but, but be ready to carry on and do the work. And he, he said, just on a personal note to us at Hatfield, he asked that I please convey his greetings to you and his love for this community and this, this family. Um, actually, when I phoned him and told him of our support, he said that it made his day. And uh, he also just said he's so thankful for what God's doing at Hatfield and really believes in, uh, in, in, in just God's plans for us and actually said he's, in his heart he just feels that Hatfield's going to grow and may even experience a boom and not too long from now. So that's just from his side, just an encouragement to you. So if you want to make part uh, use of this, any of these ways, please support the event if that's what you feel you would like to do. We would like to encourage you to do that. Amen? Can I, can I ask that we just use this opportunity to to pray for our city, to pray for our nation together, and to trust the Lord for His continued working in our nation. So you're going to sit for a while now today, so make use of this opportunity. Can we stand quickly? And uh, if you're comfortable, you can hold hands with the person next to you. If you're not, then just put your hands in your pockets or just put them under your arms like this. And I think that'll communicate that I don't want to hold your hand. And don't take it personally. If somebody doesn't want to hold your hand, there's lots of people that's just like Neil. They, they oh, you're actually reaching. You want to hold my hand. Uh, that, you know, we, that doesn't like holding hands, so we don't want to make it uncomfortable for anybody. But this, when we do this, it's a sign of part of us saying we're together. We're in unity. So is that Okay. So let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this amazing, beautiful, tremendous nation that we can live in, Father. Whether we're born here or come here from other places, 
this is our home and we love this nation. And Lord, we look and we see your goodness upon this nation. We are not oblivious to the problems and the challenges, but we lift our eyes and we say, our God is a good God. And that you have not given up, but that you are busy with us in our nation. We thank you for times like this and there's other occasions and other initiatives where we can come together as believers and come and pray and call upon your name as you have instructed us in your word to do, to humble ourselves and pray. And we thank you, Lord, that you hear us as we call upon your name for this nation. And we pray that in this event, but just throughout every church, every group of believers that meet together, that we will pray for our nation in this time, in Jesus' name. But we pray, Lord, that we will not only pray, but that we would be stirred by you, that we would be empowered by you, that we would go and do that which you tell us to do and instruct us to do. As the word that you've said to us this morning, create capacity in our hearts, Lord, for more. And that even in times of prayer, that's often what you do. And we just heal to you and say, Lord, have your way in our lives so that you can have your way in this beautiful nation. May your blessing rest upon us. May your blessing rest upon our gatherings and our times of prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you. Please take your seat. Well, as Pam said earlier this morning, I'm going to share a message with you. We, we, it's the start of our new term, but we're carrying on with uh, where we were last term and talking about kingdom living up in and out. And, but now we're just going to take it into a little bit of a different direction and really start applying it quite practically in our lives, and the title of this morning's message is Kingdom Perspective, and I want to talk about how we as followers of Christ, disciples of Jesus, people of the kingdom, see the world differently, and how that changes the way we respond to this world. Now, I'd like to remind you this morning of this fact that you don't actually see with your eyes. Do you know this? That you Look with your eyes, but you see with your mind, with your brain. You, I think we all know that. That um, we receive through our eyes, but we see with our minds. Now, if you think that sounds wrong, can I ask, can you do an exercise with me? It's a bit of trust that you'll have to give me at this point in time. And the trust is this, close your eyes. Nobody's going to run around and grab anything or do anything funny. But just close your eyes. Tightly, so that no light can come in. Now, while your eyes are closed, I'd like you to see a nice, warm, steaming cup of coffee. Or tea, if you're a real man like me that only drinks tea. How many of you can see that cup of coffee or that cup of tea? While your eyes are closed, how many of you can see it? I think we all can. Now you can open your eyes. Your eyes were closed, but yet you could see. Because how sight works, as I understand it, it works like this. That light enters through our eyes and patterns and waves and, and the particles of light that enters through our eyes is interpreted by our brain into images. So what literally happens is as I'm looking at you right now, there are these patterns of light that is going into my eyes. Through the system of my eye, it uh, from there is taken through the, uh, through the optic nerves to the back of my brain, where my brain then begins to work to create an image of what I'm actually seeing. Now, the way the brain does this is the brain uh, recognizes patterns. 
And the, the patterns it recognizes is because since you were born, since you were little, since the first time you opened your eyes, your brain has started keeping a database of everything that you see. And it builds up a recognition database. It's like a whole filing system in your brain. So that when you now see something, that pattern enters into your mind, your brain sorts it out and sort of defines it, and then goes and reaches into that filing system, and it starts looking for similarities. And then it combines what you're seeing with what it finds on file, and it combines the two, and then it gives you the image, and so you know what you are seeing. So if I show you a picture of a cat this morning, what your brain will do is define the picture, sort of create like little recognition spots on it, and then reach into your filing system and quickly go, you know, quicker than Google. And uh, your brain can do this with three, with three images all at once per second. And it goes through Google, uh, your Google brain system quickly, and then it pulls out all the images of cats that you've ever seen, and it'll combine it and tell you, you're seeing a cat. So your brain works on what you have historically seen and understood. And this is quite fascinating. I, I didn't always know this, so there was a couple of times in my life where particularly I saw this happen, where people couldn't recognize something because they didn't have a filing system in the back of their mind. Uh, particularly, I've seen it on two occasions when we've taken overseas guests with us to uh, uh, the, the Kruger Park or, or a place like that on a game drive. I remember one time we had friends from Ireland that came and visited here with us, and we went on a game drive with them. And as we were driving, we, we came around a corner, and there was a giraffe standing. A little bit obscured, but in a, in a sort of a clump of trees, but a giraffe. I mean, it's not the most difficult thing in the world to spot, is a giraffe. Spot the giraffe. Okay. So there's the giraffe. And, uh, you know, as naturally as we do as South Africans, we went, hey, look at the giraffe. And, and this, this Irish man said, where? He said, there's a giraffe. And he went, where? He couldn't, it took him literally like 20 seconds before he could see the giraffe. Then he went, oh, because it's, it's in his filing system, he didn't have the recognition patterns to tell him what he was seeing. Have you ever experienced that? Where sometimes we, we just struggle. And sometimes our mind can even play tricks on us because that our brains see through our eyes. And that's not only true in the physical, it's also true in the spiritual. Spiritually, we see through our eyes, but with our souls, our inner man, our inner being. Our spirits see through our spiritual eyes. And, and this is an important thing for us to just remember and understand. William Blake wrote a poem, and this is a part of it. This life's dim window of the soul distorts the heavens from pole to pole and, and leads you to believe a lie when you see with, not through the eye. Ravi Zacharias says it like this. He says, we are intended to see through the eye with the conscience. Now we see with the eye devoid of a conscience. It is your internal system that has been built up inside of you, this internal filing system that you, has, you have, sorry, that spiritually interprets the world and emotionally and internally your internal makeup interprets the world around you also. Jesus said 
something similar. Or in Ephesians, Paul writes, let me, let me quote this scripture. In Ephesians, Paul writes, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. That you see with your eyes of your heart that which I want you to see. The scripture in Matthew 6 verse 22, let me read that where Jesus says, And I think they're going to put that on the screen. 6.22 and 23. The eyes of the lamp, uh, the eyes is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness. There's a, a light that is within us. And it is that light that we see with. If that light is darkness, you see darkness. Isn't that a fascinating idea, concept? Spiritually, we receive the patterns of this world. We interpret it. We reach into our inner filing system and we interpret the things. We match it. We combine it and we tell ourselves this is what is reality. And then based on that, we react or respond to our reality. And that's how we live. The kingdom of God just says there's a different way. Now, often what we do as preachers, and I've done this before, is we will use an illustration like this. Now, you know, this is just a funny pair of glasses, just so that hopefully it's a little bit more memorable. But uh, we'll, we'll put on a pair of glasses like this, and we'll say, you know, as, as, as kingdom people, we see the world differently. Now, I hope this is not what you think kingdom people looks like, necessarily. It does say we're fools for Christ, so perhaps it's true. But as kingdom people, we see the world as through glasses. That's different. The, the, the other people in this world, the people that are not kingdom people, that are not followers of Christ, they do not have the Holy Spirit dwelling within them. They can't see with these glasses. But because we have a kingdom perspective, we see through different glasses. And it's true, it's right. But it's not completely the story. Because the glasses we see with, the the perspective we have, the difference is actually not on our eyes, it's actually on our hearts. I should actually put this pair of glasses here and say, we perceive the world different, not because we have a filter over our eyes, but because we have a different heart. Jesus says, if the light within you is darkness, then you see darkness. We have a light within us, and it is that light with which we see. Like our brain sees, so our heart sees through the eyes of the soul. So the transformation that God does in our lives is not here, really. It it includes this, but it begins here. He writes His law on our hearts. It's the change of heart that is important. Just a couple of scriptures to support what I'm saying to you. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 16 to 18. Paul writes to the Corinthians, Therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. He talks about two realities. He says outwardly, if you look at the world outside of you, just then you see a wasting. If you look inwardly, you see a life. So there's two dynamics, two realities. 
For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. I mean, just that Paul, in prison, beaten for the Lord, scarred, left alone, hungry, can say these words, our momentary light afflictions. How many of you like it when you really feel like everything's against you if somebody says, your momentary light afflictions? And you want to go, you don't know what you're talking about. My, my afflictions don't feel momentary and they do not feel light. But because Paul sees differently, he says these momentary light afflictions are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outshines them all. So he says, here's the crux. So we fix our eyes, not what is on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. You see, when you give your heart to Jesus and you become a follower of Christ, you get, become born again, God gives you a key to a whole new server room that opens up with a whole new filing system that you've never had before. When you're not saved, when you're not in the Spirit, when you're not a person of the Spirit, then, you own, then the filing system available to you when you see, experience something is the filing system of this world. So you, you see something happen and, or you experience something happen, happening to you, then you, you receive it, you go into your filing system and you start digging in your filing system and you interpret what you're feeling and experiencing because based on your past experiences and the accumulation of understanding of this world, you then combine all of that and, and that says this is reality. This is what's real. But as a Christian, you have another filing cabinet that you can go into also. You not only have that filing cabinet of this world, but you also have the filing cabinet of the Spirit. So that you go into the, firstly, you go into the cabinet of this world and you, you dig and you say, okay, that's reality. And then you go to the filing cabinet of the Spirit and you say, okay, but that's truth. We've often spoken about, and Dwayne spoke about it when he was here, about the difference between facts and truth. The one filing system we have gives us the facts. The other filing system gives us the truth. But we have to access both. That's what he says here. We fix our eyes. We fix our eyes. In other words, what does that mean to fix your eyes? To me, it means to focus. It means to look at one of these two filing systems primarily to determine how you will live your life and how you will respond. And he says, we don't respond on the temporary one. We respond to the eternal one. What a, how does that change your life? You see, if you only have access to the temporary database, the filing system of this world, then, then you can only respond to things that are temporary. And then your life becomes unstable because it's, it's changing all the time. But if you have access to the database of how this event that's happening to you fits into a much bigger scheme of things, then things calm down. And you have a different perspective. You have a, you have a different experience of what's going on. And that's what Paul says. We don't fix our eyes. We don't, we don't get you know, pushed around by the, the, the tossing waves of this world. We fix our eyes on that which cannot be seen. We, we look at that. 
That's our primary database that determines how we live our lives and how we respond to this world. In 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7, for we live by faith, not by sight. Faith is the ability to see this other database. And that's not a sight with the eyes. That's a sight of the heart. A person of faith. That's why the scripture says, it is, without faith it's impossible to please God. Because if you want to please God, you have to be able to see this other database. And not only see it, but let it determine your life and how you respond. We live by faith, not by sight. It doesn't mean we ignore the first database. It's not that we ignore the database of facts. It's not that we discount that and, and you know, become obscurantists or, you know, live with our heads in the sand and say, no, everything's wonderful. There are no problems. No, that's not what we do. A Christian is not a person that closes the database of the facts and only has the database of the truth. A Christian is a person that has access to both. A person of this world only has access to one database. That's the difference. We see this in the life of Abraham. This fundamental character to the scriptures, to our faith. This guy who's, the, who's called the father of our faith. Why is he called the father of our faith? Because Abraham lived thousands of years ago before Christ, before the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, before the Bible, before the Old Testament, before anything was written. And yet, he began to see with these eyes the world very differently than everybody in his time. The scripture says it was accredited to him as righteousness. He became in right standing with God because of his faith. Because he saw not the temporal, but the eternal. We read about this, for instance, in Romans 4, verse 19 to 21. Paul writes and uses this story to prove this point. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Please note, Abraham didn't say, I'm young. He may have said to Sarah, you're young. But then he, you know, he was just trying to be a good husband. He says he faced the fact. He opened, he, he, yes, Abraham, God speaks to him. God says, I'm going to make you the father of nations. When God says that to him, he opens the first drawer of the filing system of, the, of facts. And he looks at it and he, and he goes and, and he looks. And, and his brain is telling him, listen, according to all past information we have accumulated over all time and everything available to us, you are hearing something that is not possible. The, he, he searched throughout all his information and everything told him, the fact is, this is not possible. Your body is almost dead. Your wife's womb is dead. It's not possible the first filing system. But here's the miracle. A man, before the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, before Christ came, before the word, before the teachings of the apostles, saw the second filing system and opened that file 
and said, but there's more. There's more to be seen. There's more information that I need to bring into how I respond to what God's saying. There's more. There's truth also. There's not just the facts, but there's the truth. The truth is God is powerful. Nothing is impossible for him. That is the truth. The miracle is not that Abraham said, ah, you know, I'm young, baby. This is going to happen. The miracle is he faced the fact it's impossible, and he said these words. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promises of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had, to, had power to do what he had promised. Fully persuaded. Man, I, I, I thought about this and I thought, gee, I have a whole new level of respect for Abraham. How? I mean, it takes the whole Bible, the whole of church history, Christ having died on the, on the cross, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit to persuade me. He just had the voice of God that spoke to him. Sometimes people ask the question, what's going to happen to people in the world that didn't hear the gospel preached to them? You know, what, where, what's their eternal destination? I don't know. But here's a man that received faith with nobody preaching to him. Hello. There we go. Nobody told him, yet he received faith. Because faith is an impartation of the Spirit of God. It is the working of God. It is a gift. It is an, it's a response to a revelation that God opens to us. He, he gives us access to His filing system. He gives you the key, the passcode. When you type in the information, God says, password, eternity. And when you type in that password, suddenly a whole new database comes up. And you can see a lot more. And then you can make your decisions. Now, if you're a fleshly Christian, you stick with the, the database you're comfortable with. But a person in the Spirit steps into this other information. We see the world differently. Because our hearts carry the law of God. Not just in our eyes. Not in our understanding, but in our hearts. When Jesus came... He came and he said, I've come not to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law. What he meant by that was, I'm not changing what God expects of you. I'm just making it possible for you to do it. Because when God said of Abraham, it was accredited to him as righteousness because he believed. What, what the scripture means by that is to say, righteousness, being in right standing with God, being a person of faith, is not an external behavior. It is an internal condition. It is not based on what you do outwardly. It's based on what you see with your spirit, with your heart. That you have been receiving the revelation of who God is. So Jesus comes and says... Let me show you who the Father is. And he opens up to us that we can see that which we couldn't see without the power and working of his Spirit. So that we can completely live differently in this world. Now so often what we do as Christians, we, we actually do this. We, we take God's word, we take the truth of God, but we apply it like this. 
We make it about this. Let me tell you how we do that. I may be driving down the road, and the person cuts in front of me very rudely, and even proceeds to show me a friendly sign for what they did. I'm completely innocent. But because I'm a Christian, I know God's word, I know God's law, and you know, I'm a good enough person, I know I mustn't say something. And you know what I mean by something. I mustn't speak with my fingers. I mustn't do anything like that. I, I, because I'm a Christian, I know that I, I'm not going to respond in the same way. So I, I just smile because I'm a Christian. But you see, that's changed my behavior. That's not what Jesus brought, that we just behave differently than the world. Jesus said, I've come to write the law on your heart. So how a Christian responds in that situation is not only saying, I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to be the opposite spirit. I'm not going to act the same way. What a Christian says is, Lord, forgive the anger in my heart. Change my heart. Make me a different person. Because I may not have said it out of my mouth, but I know in my heart what I thought. You know, the most redeemed prayer you can sometimes say in a situation like that is, Lord, bless that person with brains in Jesus' name. <laughs> and you feel like a Christian. But you know what's going on in your heart. And the, the difference is righteousness that Christ wants is the righteousness that cuts our own hearts, that changes our hearts. Because if it's about changing behavior, we'll keep on trying to change behavior, but hearts won't change. Jesus came so that our hearts can change. How many of you have water filtration systems in your homes? Anybody? The rest of you, shame. I, we don't have either, you know, so that's why I've got a glow in the dark now. Over the last years, we've become a bit concerned about how the purity of our water looks. So, so the salesmen go around and, and there's all sorts of systems you can buy that gives you water, that filters the water that comes into your house. And the more concerned we get, the more people buy these water filtration systems. And, and unfortunately, poor people can't afford them, so they left to just having to drink. And now people come up with great innovations. I don't know if you've seen that straw that, that you can use, and it purifies water. And we have to distribute the, these filters so that people can, can just get rid of the, the, the stuff in the water and be okay and, and be looked after. And we, we have all these filters. And that's great. That's wonderful that we can do that. And it's worthwhile, but how many of you know long-term, that's not the solution? Long-term, if we want to make sure that everybody's got pure, clean, healthy, living water that they can drink, we've got to go to the source. We've got to purify where our water comes from. If that's pure, you can throw away your water purification system. You see, we treat the Word and God's law like it's a pure water purification system sometimes. It's a purification system I put on that keeps... The, the bad stuff away from me and keeps me from doing the bad stuff. So, you know, the, Lord, the word of the Lord says, thou shalt not. Okay, Lord, I'm, I'm a believer, so I will not. I will see the world differently. I will, I will respond differently because your word says so. But that's not what the law is about. The law is about the, the word of God. What God wants is about purifying the source. So that I don't even have to worry what comes out of my mouth because it comes from a pure heart. 
That's why Romans 12, verse 2, Paul says, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. Don't interpret your information through the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of the spirit of your mind. So that when I live in this world, everything I receive, I, see, I receive it with a completely different processing system than the world. That's, now it's a process. It's a process. Sometimes I need the external law to help me with the internal process. It's not either or, it's both. But the objective is not that we just change our outward behavior, it's that we become the people of God with God's spirit alive within us and our heart becomes his heart and we act and we live and we do differently because we live from a different place. Let me show you quickly what this looked like. You, you'll notice in our, everywhere now, there's these triangles. And I want to use this as an example for how we as followers of Christ practically respond to the world with this new heart, this new insight, this new database that we have. So every one of us live our every day. And we have got stuff coming at us. You as a believer aren't spared the experience that other people have in this world, we share the same experiences, don't we? The same things happen to us. The difference is what we do with that. So how do we tap into this other database that we have, that we are people of faith, that do not respond to the, to the temporary, but to the eternal? So here something happens to me. Somebody treats me very harshly and unkindly. What do I do with that? How do I deal with that. As a believer, the first thing I do is I look up. I look up. I say, Lord, show me your view of this. I cry out to the Lord. I bring my heart to Him first. Before I act, before I say anything, before I do anything, I go, Lord, show me truth. Because I, I can take the facts out here. The fact is that so-and-so said this. The fact is that it's not true. The fact is all of this. And I can choose, do I respond to the facts or do I go, Lord, reveal truth to me? It's my choice. I, I choose if I access both or just the one. But I do that by looking up and saying, Lord, speak to me. Show me your view. You see, because often in situations like that, we will say, I cannot see a way. Something happens to us. Perhaps you're a young person and you have applied for varsity for next year and you haven't been received and your marks aren't good enough. And then you say, I cannot see a way. You guys can put up that slide that says, I cannot see a way. If you put the, I think it's the blue filter over it that says, I cannot see a way. And that's accessing the factual database. I cannot see a way. But if you access the red database, now this is not the matrix, red pill or blue pill kind of thing, but just for the sake of illustration, if you access the red database and you put the truth over it, I will make a way. I will make a way. I will make a way. So how do you respond? How do you respond? You look up first and you say, Lord, when I see the situation, I see there's no hope. But when I look at you, I hear your voice, you say there's always hope. 
Then I take that which the Lord has said to me, and I bring it in. So I look up first, then I bring it in. It needs to come in. So often what we do with God's word is we go from up to out. We say, God says there's a way I'm gonna act as God's word says. Instead of first bringing it in so that it cuts my own heart, so that it becomes the law written on my heart, that it first needs to affect me. So when God says something, I bring it in. In sometimes involves other people of faith that helps me in accountability, but I bring it in. Sometimes when we see these things, we will say to ourselves, I'm alone and afraid. And that's the facts. You may be sitting here today and the facts tell us that you don't have friends, that you're alone, that you're afraid, you feel overwhelmed. Perhaps there's things you have to deal with and you have got nobody that can help you. You don't know what to do. The fact is you feel alone and afraid. But if you take God and you bring it in and you say, Lord, what is the truth? Then he moves over that and he says, fear not, I'm with you. Fear not, I'm with you. But that has to become not just a word of encouragement, it has to become the law written on my heart. Because when it becomes the law written on my heart, then the next step is, first I go up, then I go in, now I go out. Out is now what do I do with this situation? This person has been unkind to me. It left me feeling like I'm alone. It left me feel so lost. But God said to me, no, I'm always with you. And 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 then I say, okay, Lord, now what do I do? How do I respond in that situation? And again, we often respond because we we say, I can't do it, Lord. I can't forgive. I can't do. When Gerben perhaps this morning said, you've got to forgive. Perhaps some of you sat here and said, I can't do it. It's not possible. What God expects of me is not possible. I can't do it. And that's again the facts. In your own, you can't do it. You're very right. Like Pam said, we're not crazy. We don't have problems because of just nothingness. It's really things that happen. We live in a broken world. We really have problems. And we really often have, we can't do anything about it. And that's the facts. But then the forever, you know, eternity password, we apply it. And that comes over. And the law in our heart becomes, it'll come up now. You can do all things. You can do all things. That's the word of the Lord to us. So kingdom people, disciples, followers of Christ have this pattern in their life. They train their brains according to this pattern so that they respond in a kingdom way. And the pattern is, first I look up. Anything that happens to me, I look up first. Lord, show me the truth. I take that truth in. I apply it to my life. It may take time. It may be quick. Sometimes I bring others in and I say, help me, pray with me. And that's why we're in a community of faith. We have accountability with each other. We encourage each other. Our discipleship is about that. Lord, what is your word saying to me? What are you saying to me? And once that has been clarified in my heart and the word of God has become my truth, then I say, now I'm gonna go do something about it. Up, in, out. That's the pattern of our lives. Up, in, out. If you don't have access to the forever database, the only option you have is to react. 
You, somebody does something or something happens to you, you take it into your database, you look at the facts of it, and you react according to the facts. We don't do that. In every situation, up, in, out. Up, in, out. And that is what it means to be people of faith. And it was accredited to Abraham as righteousness. Faith is not about external change of behavior merely. It does that. It does that, and it's important that we work on that also. But it is driven by an internal change where God's law is written on our hearts. And this community has been a community of people that over so many years have been able to do that. That have been able to say, Lord, I live in this world, but I want to get my cue from you. I, I want to draw from you, Lord. And, and we see it clearly in something like the faith promise. Where we live in this world and we say there's so many problems in this world and there's so many things that, that, that bother us and go wrong. And we could be these kinds of Christians that put these glasses on and stand and point fingers at everybody and say, yes, you should do better. Yes, it should, it should be like this. And, and we, we stand on our soapbox all the time and, and we become a little judgmental and we become unkind. Or we can be these Christians. And this community has always chosen to be these Christians that say, Lord, speak to us. We look at you. And in faith promise, what this community has done, I don't know if you're aware of this, over 35 years, through this community, a hundred million rand has come in and gone out to serve and change the world and to bring the kingdom of God into this world. A hundred million. And that's not a hundred million adjusted with, uh, with uh, uh, what's that? Inflation. What's that demonic thing? Inflation. That's not 100 million rand, that's just the tallying of the numbers. 35 years, 100 million rand. And that's a faith promise, remember. That's a people saying, we see an eternal purpose. We will not respond according to the temporal, we respond according to the eternal. And we will sow and we will give, and not only give money, but we will take actions and we will step out and we will go and we will do and we will proclaim and we will serve because there's a reality that we see. And as Christians, we, we engage with this world. We work to bring God's truth and God's law into places. We, we trust sometimes that we'll have good Christian politicians or godly politicians that will go and be able to, in politics, help create good laws that follow a biblical pattern. And we give a lot of energy and effort to that as believers. But ultimately, what we really give our energy to is to the transformation of people's hearts. And that's what faith promise is about. Using every means we can that is allowed to us and, and is within our pattern, our framework, to go and see hearts changed and the law of God written on our hearts. So that the source gets healed, then the rest of the problems gets dealt with. And that's what we do as a community. So this morning we want to take an opportunity to invite you to again partner with us as we do the faith promise. We're going to show you a video clip just of this past year, what's happened and what your contributions have done. If you walk around the building, I encourage you to do that. There's posters up everywhere that tells, us, tells you what your contributions have done and how your service and your faith has reached and made a difference. Our missionaries are starting to come in. I saw Tienz and his family already this morning. And, and over the next couple of weeks, it's going to be so exciting as we're going to just celebrate together what God's done through our faith and your faith all over the world. 
with one month to go, we've already got 95% of your pledge in, so we're probably going to go over 100%. And that, to me, not only speaks of your faithfulness, but you know it also speaks of the maturity of this body of people. Because it means that the people are hearing from God. Because if we had to say, have a pledge, for instance, of seven million rand, but only get five million, that meant that we were very hopeful and very you know, excited, and, but we probably didn't hear the Lord. But this community gets it right year upon year to hear the Lord and to achieve what we've heard the Lord say. And that is not just globally. That means whether it's a family that gives 200 rand every month because that's what they feel they trust in God for. That's what they feel God said. Isn't that an amazing thing? That this is not a thing that you do as a burden. It's not, you know, nobody's going to phone you and check up on you. We'll send you a reminder, but we're not going to, you know, you're not going to get in trouble or anything, but yet people do it with such maturity. And I think you deserve an applause for that. So just, you know, that, that is astounding. That, that to me is, is so amazing. So this morning we would like you to, as we always do, just, you've received a card like this and with a nice bright orange pen so that you can't miss it. And we're going to take you through an opportunity right now where you can decide to work with us and partner with us. And perhaps you've never done it. Perhaps you've been around a couple of years, but you've not done it. Can, you, can I ask you, this is worthwhile. This is, and this is a faith promise. This is not out of your budget necessarily. I mean, you can do it that way. You can budget, but you can say, Lord, the idea is that you say, what must I give? And then we trust God together for that. So we're going to fill in this form right now, but before we do it, can I ask that we pray together? And before we do the, for some of you, you know how to fill in the form already, hang on for a moment. Can we just pray together first? And just allow the Lord to speak to us, because if you can hear the Lord, perhaps your husband and wife here together, in right now, just let's ask the Lord, what do you want you and each of us to give in this year? Father, we thank you. We thank you so much for your faithfulness. We thank you for a hundred million rand over 35 years, Lord, that has come in through this community and has gone out. Every rand has come in and gone out and achieved something and done something in many parts of the world. Thank you for that, Lord. And Lord, we know it's not the money that changes the world. The money enables people to go and change the world. I thank you for every person here that has not only given but supported and participated and reached out Thank you, Father. But we pray for the privilege, Lord, that we will continue on in this good work that we have begun. That we will not fall by the wayside, but that we will continue until the task is completed, Lord. So this morning we want to come and ask you, Lord, in Jesus' name, that you will speak to us. Each of us individually, that you will show us what it is that you are asking of us to give over these next 10 months, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. As you're praying and waiting on the Lord, just want you to be aware that this pledge that you are going to make today is for 10 months. For various reasons, we felt to move our, faith, our missions conference and our faith promise season earlier. So it's actually going to happen in August, where now it always happened in October. And to make that time adjustment, we felt the best way to do it with feedback from, from many of you is that it would be better to just make this year 10 months. So this pledge you're giving is for, for now up until August. So let's just be aware of that. But just let's wait on the Lord. I'm just going to give you a minute just to pray and hear the Lord's voice.
Lord, I thank you for your clarity, for the way you've led us in the past and the way you lead us now. Pray that in every person's heart, faith will arise. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, as they said on the video, there's many different ways you can give, and we just want to quickly run you through a little presentation that'll help you to fill in the form. So you're welcome to watch this, and as you watch it, then just go and, um, and do as, as it indicates for you, and if, I'll, I'll also just clarify one or two things if, if you need me to. So thank you, guys. You can just uh, run the presentation together. So you'll see on the front, you'll have your, where your information is captured. And we please that you ask that you take care to just write legibly so that we can read it, but also just to give us as good as information as you can. Even if you've given for 30 years to Faith Promise already, you know, it, it helps us to update. So please write all your information. Begin with your title, your initials, your name, and surname. Then very important, what we need from you, and all of this information is treated in, a, in accordance as the law with the Poppy Act, and we treat it with confidence, and we don't give it to anybody else, so you, you can rest assured in that, but please, we need your cell phone number, your email address, and your ID number, if you can give us that information. Can we turn over? If you've not finished in all your information, you can do that just now. That should be easy. You don't need my help for that. But if we can turn over and then do the other side of the card. Um, at the top there, it says debit order, internet, credit card, or check, you cash or check. You choose which option you want to give through. So just tick that. If you want to do a debit order that is set up to go off your account every month? Are you going to give via the internet every month? Or do you want to make it through a credit card payment and then a cash or check that you pledge to give. If you prefer to give through a debit order, then you need to mark for us the date, uh, or the date, uh, the preferred order date is the 15th, that's the one we prefer. We'd like if you could accept that, or if you have an alternative date, then you just uh, put a month in there, uh, if you wanna do it at the end of the month, rather. So please do that. Then you write, I pledge, the monthly amount in the first square over how many months you want to give it and then the total for the year. And then you need to give us your account information so that we can help with setting up that debit order with the bank. So your name of your account holder, the bank, the branch, branch code, account number, today's date, and you need to sign by it, please. If you want to do internet banking, then obviously that's something you do, so you just indicate for us what your pledge is. Again, you put the monthly amount in over how many months and the total. Credit card, much the same way. All you need to add is your card number, your, the last three letters on the back of your card, numbers on the back of your card, um, that security number, the expi expiry date, today's date, and signed. And then if you're going to give by the cash or check option, you also just fill in the monthly amount over how many months and the total. What you can also do is there's a number that you can send us a message to with your name and your amount, your pledge amount, and then we will contact you. If you do not have all the information that you need um, and that number, we're going to put on the screen right now for you. 
There we go. So that number, you can also SMS to. You can do it right now. Send an SMS to, to that number and say, this is uh, your name, the amount, and uh, per month or once off. So all you literally put on the SMS is your name, the amount per month or once off. You put that on the SMS. And then you'll see there's a little tear-off part where you can use for your, just to help you keep track of your giving and to remind you. Uh, we, as I said, we will also send you messages and keep contact with you. And, um, and from time to time, you will receive reports from us. So please make sure that you uh, fill in that card and tear it off. And that, that part you keep for yourself, the small portion on the, on the side of the card. And then when you filled in the rest, we're going to end the service just now. You can stay behind and you can fill in if you've not finished. When you fill in the rest now, we're going to send the plastic uh, little baskets around They're at the bottom of each chair on the ends of the row. And you can just send them down. And if you're ready, just uh, pop in your uh, pledge right there. Next week, we're going to um, also involve the children in this and our kids at the C4G will actually be receiving a little form with a little piggy bank, and they could also give and pray about it. So you may already this week want to talk to them. Uh, the, the, the Reverb guys have also already been involved now with us, and tonight in the evening service, they will also do it. But if you want to make use of this opportunity as a family, then you can also prepare them together. Did I cover everything? <laughs> so while the plastic containers are being passed down, I'm going to ask that we stand, and I, I just feel today we need to just end our time together in this service with a, a proclamation of our faith. We're going to sing a song together, and then uh, the service is going to be finished, and please remember, if, if you want to be, just come and chat with us, come and have a, somebody pray with you. We are always available after the service, any of our pastors, our elders, and come and, and let's pray with you, and if you want to stand in faith in an area of your life, say, just help me, just pray for me that I hear God's word, that I take it in, that I can allow it to speak to me and change my heart and that God's law will be written on my heart and then that I can do that which God says to me. Or if you want to pray for your health or provision, come and let us pray with you. Maybe that you here this morning and, and you want to know who Jesus is. You want to have a relationship with Jesus. Any of our team will help you and pray with you and tell you what to do and how to, how to initiate that process in your life and become a child of Jesus. But can we just end this time and, and declare our God is so good? Amen? Isn't He good? Amen. It's raining. It's a beautiful day. We've got so much to be celebrating and to be thankful for. So let's worship the Lord and just praise His name together. Thank you, Mika.